Uh, I want to look tonight, 1 Timothy chapter number 4. 1 Timothy chapter number 4, and I do appreciate uh, the presence of God here tonight. Amen. Singing, testifying, and uh, what the Lord's done for us. If you're able to stand with us, 1 Timothy chapter number 4. Begin reading in verse number 11. The Bible said, These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Verse number 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the, with the laying on the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Father, Lord, I ask you tonight, if you would, to help us these next few moments. I think about the songwriter when he said, Look beyond our faults and see our need. And certainly we're needy people tonight. God, we need your help. And I ask you to bless this message. I don't want to do or say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit or call attention to myself. Now, God, I pray that you would be glorified and pleased with our worship. Lord, I ask you to do something eternal in all of our hearts. And we'll love you, we'll praise you, and we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want you to think about... Uh, this text that we have read tonight in light of this. Here we have the Apostle Paul who is giving some basic instructions to young Timothy. In fact, he tells Timothy in this text here to let no man despise thy youth. So we know that Timothy is a young man. We know that Paul is an aged man. He's a seasoned man that has uh, wore many scars and he's uh, fought many battles thus far in the ministry. He's been the hero of faith in Timothy's eyes, an encouragement to him. And Paul has some words of instructions in these chapters here as well as in the book of 2 Timothy. But he's encouraging this young preacher, this older preacher, is encouraging this younger preacher to stay with the stuff, to, to stick with the fundamentals of the faith and what has been taught. In fact, if you look at verse number 1 of chapter 4, he said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressingly that in the latter times, notice this, some shall depart from the faith. Amen. And so Paul is emphasizing the faith. Look at verse number 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up, notice this, in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. And so in other words, Paul has given Timothy instructions. He has been taught by uh, his mother and his grandmother. He has heard the preaching and, and been taught by the Apostle Paul. He has been given the fundamentals of the faith. And I think it would be safe to say tonight that Paul was a fundamentalist. Amen? Uh, because Paul stood by the fundamentals of the faith. He held to the fundamentals of the doctrine of the faith. In fact, these first ten verses of this chapter is Paul exposing those that are going to depart from fundamentalism. He said that the Spirit speaketh expressly 
suddenly that in the last time some, not all, but some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirit and doctrine of devils. So Paul emphasizes the apostasy and he announces that to young Timothy. Now Timothy, in the latter days, there's going to be some, they're going to depart from fundamentalism. And then uh, this apostasy is analyzed from verse number two uh, down to verse number five. He said that they're going to speak lies uh, in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And Paul exposes those uh, uh, that have left fundamentalism. He wants this young man to understand that he is a fundamentalist and he wants Timothy uh, to be faithful and to stay and to teach those others uh, the same fundamentals of the faith uh, that he has been taught. Amen. So when we come to this text here tonight, what we have here is we have an older man of God, an older man that is a fundamentalist, and he is passing the baton, and he is instructing, and he is trying to inspire and to encourage this younger man who is a fundamentalist uh, to keep on keeping on. Amen. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on from one fundamentalist to another. Amen. From one fundamentalist to another. I think it goes without argument tonight uh, to see that the apostle Paul, the age, the older man of God, he was a fundamentalist. Amen. I think it goes without argument to state tonight that Timothy, the young man, though he did not have the experience uh, and he did not have, uh, uh, listen, the same seasoning that the apostle Paul had. He's a young man in the ministry, but there's something he has in common with the apostle Paul. It's the fundamentals of the faith. Uh, And Timothy is holding and Timothy is clinging to uh, the same thing that the apostle Paul has clinged to. You say, Brother Gravely, you preached on fundamentalism last Sunday night. Why are you preaching on it again tonight? Well, number one, because the Holy Ghost told me to. And then number two, uh, because if we're going to maintain and if we're going to stay a church uh, that believes and holds to the fundamentals of the faith, uh, it cannot be a bad word in our church. Amen. There are those that try to shame us uh, and try to back us in a corner and want us to back up on who we are and what we believe. But I want to say this evening uh, uh, that I am not afraid nor am I ashamed to be called a fundamentalist. Amen. I said it last Sunday night and I believe it as much on this Sunday night as I did a week ago. Amen. I'm telling you there are those the Bible says in verse number one they're going to depart from fundamentalism. But the question tonight is this. Will you, will, will I tonight, will we stay with fundamentalism all the days of our life? I asked you last Sunday night, are you a fundamentalist? And I hope that you left here saying I am without apology. I am without arrogancy, amen. I am not uh, arrogant in that thought but it is not open for debate. I am dogmatic about being a fundamentalist. Amen. I am not one by choice, but by firm conviction tonight. And I pray that you are. What that means is you heard what the internet said last Sunday night. They said a fundamentalist is someone that believes every word is inspired by God in the Bible. Amen. That makes me a fundamentalist tonight. I don't correct the Bible. I don't question the Bible. 
I don't need another Bible, amen. I've got the right Bible. It's inerrant. It's infallible. It's indestructible. It's indisputable. It's inspired. It is the Word of God, amen. I don't have to listen. I don't care who debates it tonight. I'm a fundamentalist, amen. And I believe the doctrine, the principles, the precepts, the teaching. I'm dogmatic. I, I know that you're not. But the question is not, are you a fundamentalist tonight? But will you stay with fundamentalism? Will you be a part of the sum in chapter 4 and verse 1 that departs from the faith? And Paul, he announces the apostasy. He analyzes the apostasy. But then he anticipates the apostasy. In verse number 6, he said, If thou put the heathen, or the brethren, in sometimes the brethren are heathen, aren't they? But he said, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of, notice these things. That's the same thing he said in verse 11. These things command and teach. But he said, If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus. Christ. You know what a good preacher is? Uh, He's not somebody with a great personality. He's not somebody with a great following. Uh, He's not somebody uh, that knows how to articulate words uh, and has a good delivery. I'm going to tell you something. uh, uh, The devil can empower a man uh, to have a personality that won't quit, uh, uh, to have an education uh, and to have a vocabulary uh, uh, with great swelling words, uh, but it doesn't mean God's in a million miles of it. Amen. I'm going to tell you a good preacher, a good minister is one that does exactly what verse 6 says is one that puts the brethren in remembrance of these things. What are those things? It's those things, that sound doctrine, the fundamental of the faith. Paul mentions it in verse 6, nourished up in what? The words of faith and of good doctrine. Amen? I'm going to tell you a good preacher is, I'm not saying I'm one tonight, I'm just telling you when you hear a good preacher, how you know a good preacher is if he's a Bible preacher, if he sticks with the Bible, if he preaches the book. Uh, you say, well, I, I got this, I like this cup of tea uh, when it comes to preaching, and I like that cup of tea, and that may be so, uh, but I'm telling you tonight, you've got to look beyond a man's delivery, and you've got to hear the Word of God and the voice of God and know the Spirit of God. Amen. You see, some people think men are preaching if they're just sweating and making a lot of noise. I'm going to tell you, there are men tonight that they don't break a sweat when they preach, but they got God dripping all over them. I like it when they preach and they sweat and I like it when they hack and if they hack between every syllable and you got to have an interpreter to figure out what they're saying. It don't even, I mean, I'm from Murray County, amen. I, I could tell you about one tonight. I won't call his name, uh, uh, but listen, he's still pastoring uh, the same church he's been at for 30-something years back home uh, and honest to goodness, uh, he hacks, but I mean, listen, he can take a one-syllable word and make three syllables out of it uh, because he's got so many hacks in it, amen. And listen, you've had to listen to him for a little while uh, people up north never would figure out they'd think he's speaking in some unknown tongue amen uh, but I tell you he's a good old fashioned country preacher amen uh, because he preaches the bible not because he hacks uh, and I'm not against that you know that tonight uh, uh, but God can use an educated man he can use an uneducated man he can use a man that preaches uh, uh, with a wide open delivery or he can use a man that just stands still don't you be caught up in the 
personality. You get caught up in the precepts. You get caught up in the preaching. You ask yourself, is he preaching the Bible? Hey, the question tonight that's before us is, will you stay with fundamentalism all the days of your life? Not are you a fundamentalist, but will you remain one? Because that's the burden on Paul's heart as he's talking to Timothy is he wants Timothy to hold the same row. He wants Timothy to not turn to the left nor to the right. He wants Timothy to preach the same principles, the same doctrine, the same things uh, that he taught him and that was passed down to him. Can I just stop and say this tonight? We should never change. I'm not talking about your socks tonight or your underwear. You should change I'm not talking about your sofa, amen, at your house. I'm not talking about your carpet, but I'm talking about what we believe, who we are, where we stand. Those things should not change because the world changes. The problem in our churches today is too many churches uh, have tried to blend in. They tried to fit in. I'm going to tell you something. Fundamentalism never fits into this world. It never started to fit in. It never will fit in. But you and I uh, must be a fundamentalist if we believe the Bible. Amen. And so from one fundamentalist to another in this text here tonight we have this older fundamentalist uh, he is uh, preaching or teaching this younger fundamentalist uh, And he gives him three things tonight that I want to give you concerning the thought from one fundamentalist to another. Here it is. Notice, first of all, I want you to see the mandate of a fundamentalist tonight. Look at verse 11. These things command and teach. And what I notice here in this mandate is I notice the articles of this mandate. He said these things. If you go back and you look in verse number 6, I believe it is, uh, he talks about, he mentions it again. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things. You know what a lot of people that go to church nowadays, while they leave a fundamentalist church and go to another church? Because they get tired of the preacher preaching on things. Amen. It really does doesn't matter what those things are. I mean, listen, things like doctrine, amen. You've heard preachers say this, and I've heard people say this. Now, we don't need to preach doctrine. I'm going to tell you something. I've heard that before. And I would think to myself, if we don't preach doctrine, we don't have anything to preach, amen. Because everything we believe and everything we stand upon is based on doctrine, amen. And if you don't have doctrine, you don't have anything. But you know what? There's a lot of churches, that's what they've got. They've got nothing. Amen. Because they don't preach anything. They don't talk about anything. They don't mention anything. They'll read a verse and tell you a sad story and send you to the house. Amen. But I'm telling you tonight, listen, fundamentalism has a mandate. And that mandate has some articles in it. And in that article, there's some things like doctrine, like do's, like don'ts. Amen. These are things that we like deeds. We must stand for these things. I want to say tonight the mandate of a a fundamentalist is that we believe some things tonight. Now the things we believe are not going to line up with the world. They're not going to line up with the liberals, the modernists, the contemporaries. I'll tell you the things that we believe tonight are more valuable than this world. 
the things that we believe tonight and the articles that we stand upon and that we preach, we believe them without, with great conviction. Can I get a witness on that? I want to say here tonight the mandate. I see the articles of this message. I see the authority. Look at that next word. He said, these things command. You know what modern day church wants today? They do not want a preacher that will take command. They don't want somebody to get behind the pulpit and have any authority. They want some limp-wristed, long-haired, sissified, or cool cat with his shredded jeans and his ripped-up T-shirt and his his, uh, Christian so-called tattoo that will get up and speak something that will just make everybody feel so good. I'm talking about teachers having itching ears that will turn away their ears from the truth uh, unto fables. Amen. I'm going to tell you that's not uh, the uh, that, that's not the kind of church. Uh, that's not the kind of preaching I grew up in. And thank God I'm glad I didn't grow up into some little old church uh, where I had some little sodomite preacher that got up uh, and just tippy toed through the tulips uh, and just told everybody how wonderful they was. Oh no. Uh, I'm telling you what I grew up up under that was some old time John the Baptist I'm telling you my friend that had come out of the wilderness had God dripping off of them and they got in your face and they preached on some things and they had an authority that came from another world because of what they believed was doctrine that came from God and it came from that book and when they preached there was an authority that was with their preaching that got a hold of you and it got you to the altar and thank God for the authority. Amen. You see, tonight I don't have any authority, but that book has authority. And the Spirit of God on a preacher will give authority tonight. When the man of God preaches and the Word of God gets a hold of you, uh, that authority is from above. Amen. I know that we're just flesh like everybody else. And listen, we're made of the same stuff. But I don't want to go to a church where a man uh, doesn't have any power. I don't want to go to a church where a man doesn't preach the Bible. I don't want to go to a church uh, where he never says anything. The mandate, it's articles, it's authority. There ought to be some commands. Uh, this is a book of commands. Uh, uh, God tells us how to live. Uh, he tells us how to serve. Uh, He tells us how to raise our families. He tells us how we're to conduct ourselves in this life. Hey, this is a book of commandments. Amen. People who are not fundamentalists, they like to take the grace of God and turn it into lasciviousness. They like to preach a message that tells you you can live any old way and do any old thing. And God is pleased with that. But the Bible doesn't teach that anywhere. We're not to make up the rules. We're not to set the standards. But we are to preach the rules. We are to preach the standards. We're to preach the commandments of God. These things, the mandate. I see the articles. I see the authority. And then I see the agenda is to teach. Amen. You see a real man of God, when he gets up to preach, uh, it's not just to preach and, and to make a lot of noise. It's not just to get up here and to display the flesh tonight. Uh, we don't need any of that. But a man of God is to deliver the message. When God puts a message on his heart, 
heart. He's to deliver that message. He doesn't know everything or anything. A lot of times it's going on in men's hearts. But he is to be obedient to the will of God. He is to preach the whole counsel of the word of God. That means he's to preach the things he wants to preach, but he's to preach the things he don't want to preach. Amen. He's not just to preach what uh, what he likes, uh, but he's to preach what's needed. Amen. I'm telling you, a man of God worth his salt. He'll do it with all long suffering and doctrine. Uh, he'll stand on the truth. Uh, he'll stand for the truth. Uh, he'll speak the truth. Uh, and he'll do it in love. Amen. Realizing that he's made of the same stuff that everybody else is. Uh, but he has a responsibility to teach. I don't like a dead service. Can I get a witness right there? I don't like it dead. But there are sometimes the Lord will tell you to preach something that you just know. They're not going to shout and run the aisles. You just know that it's not something that everybody's going to be thrilled about. But it's something everybody needs to hear. I don't want to go to a church where they don't teach me anything. You know, Sunday school is so important to go to. You should never miss Sunday school. You're never going to be the Christian God wants you to be if you lay at the house during Sunday school. You say, well, I don't get nothing out of the teacher's teachings because you don't put nothing in it. You've got to pray for that teacher. Have you ever tried teaching a Sunday school class? It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And you pray for the teacher. And you come looking for God to give you something to help you. You ask God to help him or her. And then you ask God to help you. And you pray for your family as they go to Sunday school. You don't just send your children off to Sunday school like you're sending them off to a daycare. That's not an hour to just pass a little time and to color a picture. And I like that. I'm glad they color pictures. And I'm glad they make crafts. But I'm talking about as a parent and as a pastor, there's got to be a better agenda than that. It's to instill truths. Amen. Don't you be late for Sunday school. Don't come drag it in late because you'll teach your children to be late. You put a premium on Sunday school. You get out of bed early in the morning. You pray for your family. You get up and you get ready and you get dressed and you be 15 minutes early for Sunday school. Come in and fellowship. That way if you're in a bad mood we'll all know it. Amen. And we'll know to stay away from you. I mean just give us a little warning. Amen. I'm just kidding. But come in. And come in with a good attitude. Come in with a teachable spirit. You know, you can't teach somebody that won't let you teach them. Can't teach a know-it-all, can you? We've all heard the resurrection preached many, many times, haven't we? But if somebody got up here and said, I'm teaching on the resurrection, what God expects me to do is not sit there and say, well, I already know this. No, but to say, Lord, would you give that man something that'll help me? Would you give him something to say that I need? Have a teachable spirit. 
I'm talking about that's the, the mandate of fundamentalism is that we teach. And the reason that people are struggling so much today in our churches is because they don't know what they believe. They don't know why they believe them. And they're not as strong in their fundamentalism as the generation that was before us. So I'm going to tell you something. You stop and think about it. You weren't shaking that old time generation. Amen? Because they knew what they believed. They knew why they believed what they believed. Do you know why? They didn't just go to Sunday school but they had dug it out themselves, amen. They didn't watch 30 hours of television and play 30 hours of video games. Uh, you know what? They studied uh, and they dug some things out and they knew why they believed the fundamentals of the faith. Uh, hey, they listened to what the Sunday school teacher said and what the preacher said. Hey, don't put your mind on anything else tonight, but hear the preaching. Uh, I know you've heard me preach enough to you're probably sick of it as well, uh, but take the preaching tonight and understand have a teachable spirit. Let God help you tonight. You say, preacher, I'm tired. I am too. Amen. At least you're sitting down. <laughs> but I'm just telling you tonight, the agenda is to teach. And the agenda is to be teachable. The mandate. Then notice with me the mark. The marks of a fundamentalist. You know, if you're a fundamentalist, you can't hide it tonight. And I like what verse 12 said, where he, he told Timothy, now you be a fundamentalist in spite of the conditions. You let no man despise thy youth. Young people sometimes say, people will despise your youth and because you believe something. They, they'll look at you and say, well, you know, you dress that way now, but you'll change when you get a little bit older. Hey, listen, don't you let them despise your youth. And they'll say things like, well, you know, yeah, you, you, you may stand that way now. You may be King James now, but you just wait till you get married. I'll tell you, if you marry a King James woman or a King James man, you'll be King James all your life, amen? Listen, don't you marry somebody that says, well, listen, I believe in the NSV or the RSV or the ASV. I'm telling you, you marry somebody that's a died-in-a-wool King James Bible believer just like you are, amen? Your home will never be what it's supposed to be if you don't start out with the right Bible, amen? And you can't spend your early days of your marriage uh, uh, debating over which book to raise your children on and to keep your marriage on. Amen. That's right tonight. Uh, I'm telling you fundamentalists don't make no apology about that. I'm telling you I don't use it because uh, it's the best rendered version. I use it because it's the holy writ. Uh, it's the word of God. Uh, it's the Bible. Amen. And we stand on it tonight without apology. I'm just simply saying this. Uh, you've got to uh, be a fundamentalist. The mark is, uh, is you've got to be one in in spite of the conditions. Got to be one tonight. The mark of a, of a fundamentalist is in spite of the conditions. And then I notice this right here. Notice the Bible said, be thou an example. You know what that word example means? It means to mark with a blow. Now think about that. Just like at Calvary, he marked our Savior with a blow. Christ, when he comes back, you know what Israel's going to see? They're going to see them wounds in his hands. Not scars, but wounds. And they're going to ask him, where did he get them? He said, in the house of my friends. Our Savior was marked by a blow. Fundamentalists were marked by a blow. And the example is this, is that we see an example of the believers in what? In word. That is our conversation. I'm going to tell you, if you're a fundamentalist, your words ought to tell on you tonight. You know, we, we don't want to blend in with this world. 
We want to be dogmatic on where we stand and what we say. We don't want to back up. We believe in eternal security. Amen. We are not a, we're not Calvinists tonight. We're not Reformed. Can I get a witness on that? We are Baptists tonight by conviction. Hey, listen, we believe those fundamentals tonight. We believe in water baptism by immersion. Amen. We don't sprinkle babies and we don't sprinkle people tonight. We take them down to the river. We take them to the baptism pool and like John with the Bible said he used much water we baptize them and we baptize them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost these are fundamentals that we believe tonight that we believe that salvation is of Christ and it's through the shed blood of Calvary I don't care what some Dr. Bottle Stopper says I'm telling you tonight it takes the blood to be saved without the shedding of blood there's no remission of sin that's a fundamentalism to, a fundamental doctrine to that we will preach and we'll stand upon without apology. Amen. We believe it takes the blood. We believe it takes Christ's death on the cross. We believe that salvation is not in a plan, but it's in a person. Amen. We believe that salvation is not in a new life, a new leaf, but in a new life. Amen. We believe tonight uh, that salvation is a free gift to all who will receive it. Amen. We believe that salvation is of the Lord. We believe in faith and we believe in repentance uh, in the work of salvation. We believe in the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Hey, that's fundamentalism tonight. And we believe that without apology in word. In conversation that has to do with our conduct. We're marked by our conduct. The word conversation has to do with your manner of living. And God help us tonight. You ought to be able to go to a Baptist church, a fundamental independent Baptist church. And when you walk in the door, you ought to tell by the way that people are dressed and the way they act. That you are in a fundamental, independent, Bible-believing Baptist church. No black ceilings. No colored lights. Amen. Uh, listen, uh, no glass. I preached behind a glass pulpit one time and I was nervous the whole time I preached behind it. I felt like, you know, Robert Schuler or somebody or Benny Hinn. I, I mean, you know, just I was real uncomfortable. I mean, because it's just like one of those, you could just see right through it. I mean, you know. But uh, listen, well, you say, well, is that fundamentalism? As far as I'm concerned, amen. I'm telling you, listen, we're not changing. We're not, we're not getting rid of the choir. Uh, listen, we're not, we're not changing all these things, amen. We're still going to sing Amazing Grace. I, I don't care how much they make fun of it. We're still going to sing them old hymns. Uh, and we're not going to drum it up and beat it up uh, uh, to try to fancy it up for the world. We're not going to make it sound like some soft rock song or something out of a honky tonk no we're going to sing Amazing Grace the way that it was written we're going to sing it just the way that it's always has been why because we're fundamentalists and when you come to the house of God we're going to dress like fundamentalists now we want sinners to come any old way we want them to hear the gospel I don't care how a sinner comes to the house of God I'm just glad they're here I don't care if a man comes here if he's lost without God I want, listen I don't care if he's got hair halfway down his back. I'm not interested in him getting a haircut. I'm interested in him getting a Calvary. Amen. Uh, but after he gets a Calvary, thank God and he gets saved uh, and he uh, gets baptized uh, and he joins a local church uh, and he becomes a fundamentalist. Mark it down. He'll get a haircut. Amen. Now that makes some people nervous. But it's right. I remember years ago being in a service and old hippie got saved. It's count meeting. 
And I mean, when he got off the altar, nobody said a word to him. Brother John, you may remember this. He looked up at Brother Allen, and the first thing he said to him after he got saved was, I need a haircut. And Brother Allen said, has anybody here got a set of clippers? He wants a haircut. That old boy went out of his own free will. He wanted a, I mean, how did a hippie know that that long hair needed to be cut off? I'm going to tell you how. Somebody moved in that house, amen? That makes me wonder about people that say they're saved and they're still ponytailing it and uh, they're taught, they listen, they're, they're still singing if you see a man in sandals, send him my way. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, they don't know the same God. That old boy, they carried him out there. I thought, well, they're going to take a little off the ears and off the collar. Oh, no. I'm telling you, listen, when he come back in, uh, I'm telling you, he looked like he, I mean, they skinned that boy uh, from one end to the other. Amen. Uh, he looked, listen, he looked like a stick of roll on deodorant. I'm telling you, uh, he peeled him backwards. Uh, I mean, uh, but you know what? They opened that door. He come in. He is raising both hands, uh, and everybody's a shouting with him. Uh, we wasn't shouting because he got his hair cut. We're shouting because he got saved uh, and he got victory. And I'm telling you, God did something in his life. Amen. But I'm telling you tonight, fundamentalist, you know them by the way they live, their conversation. Brother, I'm telling you, it bothers me and it ought to bother all of us tonight how worldly our churches have become. There is no standard in most places. And tonight, God help us. God help us tonight. When I think about the mark of of this fundamentalism is seen in their conversation. It's seen in their charity. The Bible talks about our love. You know, a fundamentalist will love sinners. And tonight, I think I'm preaching to people that love sinners. Brother, tonight, we wouldn't, you would agree, we've been accused, and not saying personally us, but I'm saying if you're a fundamentalist, you've been accused of being hard. You've been accused of being a Pharisee. You've been accused of not loving sinners. But the truth of the matter is, is we love sinners tonight. Brother, I'm telling you, as I mentioned, it doesn't matter how sinners come to church. They need the Savior. And I'm glad that when a sinner walks through these doors, they're greeted and they're welcomed and they're treated like somebody. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, every church that's preaching and standing for the truth and believes in fundamentalism tonight, the foundations of this book, every church tonight, you ought to have people in every service that don't look like us and don't act like us because they don't know better. Amen. Other people, they listen, we, we ought to have people here that have baggage and issues and problems because that's what the church is about. We're to go out and we're to get them. I'm just saying when God saves them, He loves them too much to leave them where He found them. He'll clean them up. And we know it takes time for them to grow. We're not going to run around and listen, expect them to be what somebody is in two years or four years or five years. We've got to give them time to grow as a new babe in Christ. Isn't that right? But you know what? What God works in, He'll work out. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to give them a list of rules to live by. All we got to do is after they get born again, get them in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit will work in their life. Takes charity, love. I want to say tonight a fundamentalist is marked by his consecration, his spirit, his creed, his faith, his chastity, his purity. That's what marks fundamentalism. 
tonight not only the message and the mark, but let me mention this tonight. Notice the maintenance of a fundamentalist. Paul gives some instructions here for Timothy personally. When you get to verse number 13, he said, Till I come, he said, here's what I want you to do. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. In other words, he talks about his study. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, tonight a fundamentalist doesn't become one just because they joined an independent fundamental church. You become one because you study. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage every person here to study your Bible. Paul said in this text, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Paul believed in study. Study your Bible. Study why you believe what you believe. If you don't come up with the answer, you go to somebody and you ask them. You go to your pastor. You go to your Sunday school teacher. You go to your pastor's wife. And you ask them, why do we believe this? Can you take the Bible and show me why we believe this? And I'll tell you, if they, know, if they believe it and they know it, they'll be able to take the Bible and teach you why. But know why you believe in the word church on that sign. Know why you believe in the word Baptist. Know why you believe the King James Bible. Know why you believe in holy living. Know why you believe in dress standards. Know why you believe in soul winning. Know why you believe, uh, listen, in all these dear eternal security. Don't just say, well, that's what the preacher preaches. No, you've got to give attendance. You've got to give ear to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. The maintenance of fundamentalism is you always have to study. You know, you can study the entire book of Revelations, but if you don't keep studying it and keep studying, you know what will happen? I've had people come up and say, hey, what, what about this right here in that book? And I say, you know what? I have to go back and read that again. I preached it, but you can't contain it all, can you? Constantly study. What you don't study will become a weakness someday in your life. I want to say tonight, not only his study, but the maintenance is seen in his stewardship. He said, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by, the, by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the presbytery. You see tonight, Timothy had been given a gift, but we all have spiritual gifts tonight. There are speaking gifts there are serving gifts and there are sign gifts. If you take the 22 gifts that are mentioned in the book of Romans, Corinthians, and 1 Peter tonight, if you break those gifts up, there are 11 sign gifts and there are 11 serving gifts. And those 11 of those gifts, or 11 gifts, uh, that, excuse me, that are active and inactive, those sign gifts, we know that they're inactive gifts now, but those other gifts that may be speaking, they may be serving gifts. Ephesians chapter 4 gives those speaking gifts there. Listen, those gifts, that are given to the church, to the body of Christ. Uh, those active gifts, those 11 of those 22, you need to study them. And listen, every person has a spiritual gift. Some may even have two. But a spiritual gift, listen, a sign of real spiritual maturity is we don't magnify our gift. Amen? We don't run around toting it like a trophy and telling people, I have the gift of this, I have the gift of that. No. I'm telling you, we find out what our gift is and spiritual maturity is that we take the 
gift and we use it for the glory and the honor of God. Amen. But listen, we've got to be a good steward. If God has gift, gifted you uh, to have the gift of exhortation, then be an encourager. Amen. If God has gave you the gift of giving, then give. Amen. If God's given you the gift of teach, then teach. Amen. Whatever the gift is, use it for the glory and honor of God. The maintenance of fundamentalism is that we be good stewards. His sincerity, notice what he said in verse 15, meditate upon these things. Notice he said, give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. I ask you this question tonight. What do you give yourself wholly to? What do I give myself wholly to? That's an important question tonight. But if you're going to be a fundamentalist, and you're going to remain a fundamentalist. You're going to have to give yourself wholly to the things of God all the days of your life. It doesn't mean that we won't fall short. But what it means is, is we have to be committed, dedicated, consecrated to what we believe and why we believe it. We have to be so dedicated, so given to it, that even if our children walk away from it, we stay true to it. That even if the person we went to church with who we developed a great friendship and they became our best friend and they walked away from it, we're still committed to it. How many people tonight do you know they left a fundamental church, they went to a contemporary church or a liberal church, a modern church because their children went there? I preached in a church for over 10 years and a man that sat on the front row right next to his pastor he had been in that church for over 35 years and he wasn't there the next time I went back I thought he was sick and so I asked the pastor he said he left me I said where did he go and he told me where he went I said well they don't even believe anything like y'all believe he said he told me he didn't like the services but it's where his children wanted to go. Isn't that amazing to how people will change? Oh, listen, give yourself wholly to the Word of God, His sincerity, and then His, steadfast, his steadfastness. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Listen to me tonight. We must be steadfast. Because the Bible makes it clear, verse 16 is a very important verse, that if we take heed, we must take heed to ourselves. We must always keep a check on where we're at and on the doctrine that we believe. We must continue in them. Why? For in doing this, you save both yourself and them that hear thee. Do you know tonight, if I was to deviate from the truth, it would not only destroy my life, but it would destroy others. I don't say that as if I'm anything. The same thing's true in your life tonight. If a dad gets out of church or strays from what, we once, what he once believed and he taught his family, the chances are somebody else in that family, if not all of them, will go that same route. If a mother tonight was to make a bad decision or a bad choice, and walk away from the fundamentals of the faith and what she's always believed and stood for, most likely some, if not all of her children, will do that same thing tonight. 
We live in a day when people want to teach us that there's no accountability to each other, that every man can do as he pleases. But I'm going to tell you something. We are accountable to God, and we are accountable to each other. We owe. People say, well, you know, like God only is my judge. He may be, but he will judge us in light of how we affect the lives of other people. No man lives to himself and no man dies to himself. Tonight, if you was to get out of church, how, would it, how many people would be affected by your decision? If tonight, if we was to walk away from this church, how many people would be affected by that decision? Tonight, from one fundamentalist to another, I would say this to all of us tonight. Let's stay true. Let's stay true to this book. I don't want you to believe something because I preach it. I don't want you to believe something tonight because I said it. I want you to believe it tonight, number one, because it's in the Bible. And can I tell you something? Where God has already commanded it, you don't have to be convicted about it. How many times have people said, well, you know, I just never have been convicted. But if you've been commanded, if you have a verse, do you have to hear a voice? Is the verse not enough tonight to live on? I'm going to tell you if the Bible says it's right, then it's right. If the Bible says it's wrong, then it's wrong tonight. I don't care what anybody says or how many people's doing it. The Word of God's the final authority tonight, isn't it? And we must hold to it and we must believe it tonight. As we stand, as we prepare and get this song ready tonight, I'll tell you the burden of my heart is this. And I'm telling you, this is your pastor. I just want to stay true. By the grace of God, I say that with great emphasis. I want to finish right. That's a fear tonight. I don't want to, I don't want to change. I don't want to wobble on the axles. I don't want to go a different route. I don't want to hinder somebody. I just want to, by the grace of God, I mean that tonight. By the grace of God, I want to be faithful. I want to finish right and I truly in my heart I want to be a fundamentalist all the days of my life and I pray that you will as well Father bless this invitation Lord help us tonight I think I'm preaching to the cream of the crop but help us to just strengthen the things that remain so that they don't die in Jesus name while he sings if you need to come you come tonight